He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. To infinity and beyond! No crying? There's no crying in baseball! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 3? Yes. Question mark? Okay. Of Know Your Cinema. This week, we are covering uh, my selection for our Halloween horror franchise, uh, which is Identity. And if you heard me, I did say this was season two, uh, which means not only do we have two other episodes in season one, but we also have 52 episodes. Or not only do we have two episodes in season two, we also have 52 episodes in season one that you guys can listen to as well. Um, We cover a wide variety of movies uh, from all different kinds of genres and uh, time periods. It's it's just a, a quite an array of stuff um, that we cover on the podcast. Um, we also have our fantastic social medias that you can check out, facebook.com slash KYC podcast, on Instagram at KYC podcast, on TikTok at KYC podcast, and on Twitter at KYC podcast. So <clears throat> you can interact with us there. It's a good, fun, jelly good time. Um, as always, I am Jason Quinn, one of your hosts. Uh, with me, as always, are my two phenomenal co-hosts, the King of the Ring, Mr. Devlin Clemens. Hello, everyone. And the Maharaja of Southern Gentlemen, Mr. Vivian Matthew. Good morning. I was hoping you would say mundane. I was hoping I'd get a pop for that, but <sighs> he's. Yeah. I was going to call him the Maharaja of of something else, but I was just like of Old Navy. I, I was going to call him like the Maharaja of like like batting out of his league. The the Maharaja of mustard vests. <clears throat> the Maharaja of like wishing he had a, a haircut. You know what I mean? Like, just... <laughs> the Maharaja of outkicking his coverage. The Maharaja of being the least attractive in every single one of his family photos. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> Even the background was better looking than him. Like that tree really yeah, shines. It was awesome. <laughs> the, the color wasn't even out of those trees yet. Right? It wasn't Mordor. <laughs> there, was, there was barely any life in the background. <laughs> barely any life in that in that outfit you was wearing. You look like you look like an extra on, on Tool Time with Tim Allen. 
Well, you're about off, to do, you're about to rather work on someone's deck. First off, I think Rog was tool time. All right, I love me. Oh, you put the tool time, in tool the time all right, buddy. Uh, that's a good show. <clears throat> that is a good show. I wonder if that shit's uh, on Disney Plus. Real I quick, think it's Jason, coming back. You you touched on our social media. Um, uh, we we do a lot of fan interaction as far as like uh, the wheel when we have the wheel up and. And doing fan votes and stuff like that. I see a lot of folks that get on our social media. They like our posts, but they don't actually vote for the movies. And it's like I'm like, what? Well, like it's uh, it's just leave a comment. And if we put up something that says, "Hey, vote for this." Like, leave a comment and say, "Hey, I want to vote for this movie," or I want to put a suggestion out there, or send us a message, or uh, you know, tell us to go fly a kite, whatever you know, whatever you'd want to do. Um, but I see a lot of people. We put these posts out there, and they, I, I see a lot of likes, and I only see like two votes. So, if you're a fan, you know, stop by the social media, give us a like, follow us. We're very interactive with the fans. We want to make sure this is for you guys. Again, we uh, we're not making money off of this. This is for the love of cinema and and making sure we give honest movie reviews here. So, just uh, just participate and and have fun with it. You know. Um, we do have some loyal fans, and thank you to those people who participated. Some of uh, some of uh, our friends and family also got on there and, and let us know what they they liked or wanted to see this week, and as far as movies go. So we just want we want lots of fan interaction. Um, so that's all I really have to say in regards to that. You know, just follow us on social media and and, and partake. Everyone still here? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> Sorry, I had muted myself because I made a ruckus. I, I, I thought uh, I thought we are recreating how our fads interact with us. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a that's a good that's a good point. Just total silence. <laughs> Not the crap on the fans or anything, but. Um, we, got a, we got a lot of followers on uh, on Instagram. I put a post up, and I got like six or seven likes and like one comment about the movies that I put up there. It's like, what the heck is going on here? So, I like that you're taking a vote, but I don't want to participate. <clears throat> right? Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of like you know we're almost to election season. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I want to vote, but yeah, I'm not going to do it. Not yeah. me personally. I'm going to vote. Oh, yeah, my ass will be there. <laughs> yes, if there's going to be one thing that you're going to do, please vote. If it's not on for our podcast, that's fine. But do vote yeah. for the real one. Vote for, vote for something, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. We try to, we try to get political vote. or anything on here, so. Yes. I'm not going to try to lead you right. in any we're direction. Just telling just, you, yeah. We're just telling you to vote. Vote for whoever you want to vote for, whether it yeah. be party A, party B, or party C. Yeah. Because one of the result is at least you know that you are <laughs> you you decided in some fashion right. that result. Exactly. Absolutely. Um <clears throat> but uh not sorry to interrupt you there, Jason. You were on a on a good uh tangent there, so uh continue please. Um we are this is our third of four movies that we are covering for our Halloween spooky season, uh, KYC 
phenomenon. That's what we've been calling it the whole time. <clears throat> uh, so this week we're watching Identity, or we already did that, actually. We're reviewing Identity. Oh, um, I'll, I'll be I'll be watching it as I. As <laughs> you're watching it as it's going on. It's it's. <laughs> I'm watching this, John Cusack right now. This is a movie, and I I'm pretty sure everybody would agree with me on this one. If you have not seen this movie, you should watch it before you hear this podcast. Yeah, press because... press pause. Go find it and watch it. Press pause, find the movie, watch it, go to our page, vote on something, come back. <laughs> right. The votes are closed, but just as a practice, go vote yeah, on as something. a practice. Yeah, yeah, it's uh. Well, you can do what some of our fans do and vote for movies that aren't even in the poll. You know, right. <laughs> right. we got we got a, we got a write-in vote. It was a uh, last house on the left. Yeah. Which is which is a Wes Craven movie because they were talking about the original one and I'm like, not so much scary as it is disturbing. I think that was my grandma. Not not gonna lie to you guys, I'm pretty sure my grandma was the right in the awesome, <clears throat> grandma, yeah. for the the my... lovely suggestion of uh, Last House on the Left. I'm for it. My my grandma's a gangster, and that's that's the truth. Well. Must have skipped a generation then, so. Oh, it skipped several generations. It's just her, really. No, <laughs> right. Well, most grandmothers are pretty gangster. My grandmother was five feet tall and would knock your block off in a heartbeat. So, yeah. My yeah. grandma wishes she was five feet tall. I think she's four <laughs> foot eight, I believe. <clears throat> it's how tall she is legally. Right. She, she's still young. She's got time. She'll get there. But, uh,. Anyway, uh, but anyway, without any further pick, ado, yeah, this is your pick for the week. Why don't you, uh, why don't you start things off there for us, sir? Viv hasn't seen it, correct? Yes, this is my first viewing. And technically, I hadn't seen it either. I had only seen I, I, had, and the words of Jason Quinn, I had TBS that shit. I, that's my favorite phrase for. <laughs> Yeah. It's such a true phrase. It, no, it, 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 it honestly, so I think it was because like I had, I, I think I'd come home from a wrestling match and like Matt was watching it and I like I caught bits and pieces of it and I'm like, what the hell are you watching? And then like I saw the, fin- I knew the finish. So I was like, oh, so I'm watching this movie. I'm like, ah, oh, it ruins everything that I know the finish. I'm like, damn it. It is a drastically different movie when you know the finish, but I still think it's something to it. I, I think you can appreciate it sure. a little bit differently, sure. but it is drastically different when you know the finish. <clears throat> um, which is why I highly recommend that if you haven't seen it and you're still listening, really stop and go watch the movie. Um, <clears throat> so I don't want to go first simply because you guys haven't, if you hadn't seen it first, I don't want to sully anything with my personal. Well, opinion. we should make Viv go first because he never goes first. So, yeah, Viv, democracy ah, rules. <laughs> you need to talk on this podcast. Damn it! It's your turn. We are. Waiting. I remember being vaguely aware of this movie <laughs> when it, uh, when it first came out in two thousand three. 
and completely writing it off because i think it was it was something to do with seeing the trailer and there was a lot of movies in that era like 1999 through 2004 where a lot of movies that dealt with that subject matter and i had an inkling it might be going that direction um i remember the next year a movie called secret window came out that essentially being the same thing i even put movies like fight club uh, a beautiful mind all of these movies kind of play with the same genre which is that you essentially have a form of schizophrenia and then you uh and then it's, it's kind of about and they kind of fall into two categories one is you can either be watching the character f- from if you're like talking about if you, when you're reading a book if it's from a third person perspective and omniscient perspective you see you watch the character unfold but you don't get to experience how they are seeing the world but what's cool about movies like identity or fight club uh or even secret um uh, i think it's called the secret window with johnny depp uh you it is. it is okay thanks uh there's there's another one too but i don't want to ruin that movie uh that came out in 2010 really good one uh these put you in the point of view of the of the main character so and then you basically get uh it's 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 basically a twist then uh, when things unravel and you realize that all the elements that you were seeing in the film was completely from the perception so it was an unreliable narrator and then you had to kind of reorient well what were the real pieces of the puzzle <clears throat> and identity i'm glad that i think i would not have appreciated the movie if i had seen it at that time but i really enjoyed it uh watching it now because i think we've kind of gone away from that type of movies uh i haven't seen many in the 2010s but there definitely you was mean original ideas of- Oh well yeah amen yeah no no original ideas in the past few years let's let's just put it that way it's uh it's all just sequels and and prequels remakes and sequels of sequels and remakes and star yeah, wars uh... episode 9 <laughs> yes it's the if if star wars episode 9 gets anything it's the epitome of everything to do with the last decade <laughs> it's just it's just the 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 biggest uh, pile of trash possible but going back to identity <laughs> <laughs> two things i really fell in love with watching this film <clears throat> one was i have look i was always a how should i put it, a casual fan of john cuse no you weren't no He's you weren't a... liar you fucking liar you love you love well, saying I mean, anything I tell john. me you don't <clears throat> I do love, I love you're not a casual yeah. fan. I do. So eat a dick. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. All right. I'm I'm full on. All right. All right. Let, like me, high let me too? Let... I have oh, not seen okay. high fidelity. That's let me let see. me amend my statement. Let me amend my statement. It's been a while since I've seen a John Cusack film. And this movie you ever seen Hot Tub Time Machine? How He's in Hot Tub Time Machine. Yes. You didn't know that? No, I did not know that. Yeah. He's the main character. What? In Hot Tub? You, you, Put it on the list. Put it on no. the list. That's going oh, yeah. down. Okay. I think it's on here already. I, I think well, yeah, one of you had it. Is that also <laughs> no. a movie? 
No. <laughs> um, Casual anyway, pain in my ass. His... I just want to throw it out there one more time. <laughs> Fuck you. Wait, hold on. Does that... <laughs> Does that validate my casual fan? No, you're not a casual fan. You're not. You're not a casual fan. It's like um, it would be. It was. It was like a very mundane actor that you saw in like one movie, but you've seen multiple John Cusack movies, and you're a fan of his. So you're not a casual fan. Like I love <clears> Craig <throat> Robinson. I like. I watch almost everything Craig Robinson is in because I'm a huge fan of Craig Robinson. I'm not casual fan of Craig Robinson. Mm-hmm. I mean it in the sense that I, of course, know of John Cusack. I know of his work, but I've never really paid particular attention to his work. Typically, when I like actors, I'm like going through their filmography. Like, I like Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm going through uh, his work. I'm, I'm seeing all of his you know, really good work and even his work that he's not really well known for. So when I say casual, I mean, I have not really, I know of him, I watch his movie, but I have not really paid attention to his work as I should have. Uh, Cusack's performance in this is just, um, and I've mentioned this a couple of times in performances in other movies where actors who have the ability to convey things without using dialogue or the dialogue is saying one thing and then you can see their body language and their facial expressions are conveying a whole nother intention. Uh, I was paying attention to when uh, Ray Liotta's character first shows up at the motel and you can immediately tell, not through dialogue, but how Cusack is paying attention to uh, Ray Liotta's character and really he can sense that there's something off about this character. Ray Liotta is supposed to be a uh, some form of law enforcement, but something about it rubs the wrong way for Cusack. So every time he says dialogue, it's very much about trying to get some information out of it. But how he's saying the dialogue and how he's reacting to Liotta, uh, Ray is completely suspicious. And you can see that he's very calculative as far as how he's uh, interacting with uh, Ray Liotta's character. I mean, that kind of nuance and subtlety in performance is just, it's so much fun to watch because it gives that whole performance so much uh, life. And then when, obviously, when the twist comes and all of that, I, I, I think the big reason all of that works is because of how much uh, how much Cusack <clears throat> makes you believe in that circumstance and his character actually believing in those circumstances and then kind of doing that that flip uh, it's it's one of those things where you really the performance really needs to pull you through it the other aspect that i loved about this movie was just the it's a, the movie had some really nice cinematography some beautifully lit locations i know it was just a single location but the the lighting in this film, I noticed in two thousand three. But man, they they knocked it out of the park. I don't. I know it wasn't that big of a movie. It was a, looked like it was more of a smaller budget film. And uh, so I looked up the director, and it was James Mangold. He's my one of my uh, emerging favorite directors. He did uh, uh, Logan, Three Ten to Yuma. Uh, he just did that Ford vs Ferrari last year. I think he's doing the next Indiana Jones. So he's. 
he's really kind of established. Oh, there's a really good '90s film called Copland with the uh, Sylvester Stallone. Love that and, movie. Uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah, he did that. So he's. I mean, he's he's been around the industry for a while, and uh, he's a solid director. And clearly, even with the material like this, he's. Uh, I think he did a solid job with this film. So that was one of my initial impressions. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, again, like I said, uh, I knew the finish, but it, it still didn't waver um, my appreciation of the film. So I, I want to I talk about not the world building, but the architect of the, the world that was built um, for this movie, if that makes sense. How when everything comes together, all the pieces of the world finally make sense such as the the roads being flooded on either side mm-hmm. and everybody kind of boxed into this motel and restaurant uh that's one the motel the symbolism of the motel and uh what it represents later in the film each room uh being uh, a a different compartment of the mind, so to speak. So this this movie has different characters for different personalities um, for the the main character, um, and it's just a it's a very good storytelling movie, like more so than a lot of movies that we've we've uh reviewed on here in the sense that everything in the world has something to do with something going on so the rain how it's constantly raining it's flooded the characters bits and pieces the room keys the rooms all the killings everything is part of the story and the storytelling without actually having to use dialogue. I mean, there's a story within a story going on here. And that's, what's very beautiful about this movie is how it can, how it can tell that story without actually like, you know, this movie could have just been, you know, narrated. It really wouldn't have had to have actors because of how everything's going around. And how the beginning of the movie kind of goes one direction and then goes to another direction. Um, and the acting, there's a there's a, a very good cast of characters play or very good cast of people playing these characters. You know, we had Rebecca De Mornay, we had Amanda Peet, we had Ray Liotta, we had John Cusack, uh, we had I believe his name's John Hawks. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a good actor. I haven't seen him in anything he was in, um, lately, but he's been in some yeah, really good in, movies. Yeah, uh, he was in he was in Eastbound and Down with Danny McBride. He was also in Deadwood, the TV series Deadwood. Uh, yeah, but he's been oh, okay. in, he's been in a lot of things. I think this was like one of his first you know feature films, um, but he's been in a lot of other things. Um, then we had uh, Alfred, Alfred Molina. Molina. He was, yeah, he was, we had uh, yeah. What the heck? I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, he was in um, Point Break. We reviewed that. Uh, yeah, Point he Break. played the the boss in Point Break. 
Oh, okay. John something. John uh, Mc, Mc, yeah, we had, uh, yeah, John McGinley. John C. McGinley. I, for, I forgot he yeah, was in And then we had uh, Clea Duvall. And she's been in, you know, she's been in little bits and piece movies here and there. But, um, yeah, I mean. Speaking of uh, Point Break, we had Jake Busey in this film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I noticed I didn't say Jake Busey. <laughs> Notice how I left Jake Busey out there because he was, he's uh he was basically like the mop up duty in this movie. Like he didn't serve too much of a purpose in this movie to me. But um, he was like he the was, first red herring. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, he was their first purpose. Yeah, he was a he, he was didn't a have a lot of lines, and it was probably a good thing. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to. His put death him is still much. one of the most memorable deaths in any horror film for me, though. Like yeah. I, I picture like that the the bat down the throat. That is still a sim. Like that still sticks in my mind. Like when I think about this movie, that is the the death that that sticks with me. It's the most. It's the it's the most gruesome. It is very gruesome. It's the most gr. It's the most graphic in in because it's not really shown. It's more of just. The yeah, it's the, the aftermath, aftermath and yeah. so you the beauty part about that is your mind has to imagine what happened. And that's mm-hmm. and that's what this and that's what's <laughs> great about this movie because you have there's not a lot of actual showing of, of killings. It's left to the imagination of your mind of what happened in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Did Beth watch this movie too, babe, or is this just you? Yeah, she did. She did too. Yeah. We uh we both definitely enjoyed it, but I love um, yeah, I I really appreciate this movie for what it what it did. Um, I I like I said, I love I love a good uh, storytelling, and in the sense of uh, everything around, it, it makes sense again, and and has piece every every pieces for puzzles there. Um. And it, you know, it does a good job. If I didn't know the finish, it would have done a good job of of messing me up. You know, like okay, that that that's a curveball. Um, I real, and I also want to give some props to the guy who played the serial killer. Um, he did this thing with his eyes, and like they darted back and forth, mm-hmm. and it was very very like method you know acting to the part because it's a it's a tick that you know he didn't have to do that but he he methodically did that on purpose to to make himself seem more crazy than what he was and that was really i thought that was really interesting because he didn't have a lot of lines either and he had to portray the multiple characters when they were talking to him but we got bits and pieces of the lines from from him, but just the way he kind of moved his eyes was a very kind of telling thing for the character. Um, I mean, Cusack does it a little bit too when he's uh, he yeah. tries anyway, which I you know give him props for that because I don't know if if you've tried to do that, but that shit fucking hurts, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and did did either of you realize that the uh, the judge was um, Donnie Darko's dad? Yes, that's the first thing I was like. I was like, "Isn't that Donnie Darko's dad?" 
Well, it's been, it's yeah, been a league. I was like, and the guy that played the, the serial killer was actually in the movie JFK too. He was in, um, he was the, uh, he was like one of the witnesses, uh, working the rail yard. This is the same guy, but yeah, I, oh, okay. I I have this weird thing where I can just pick a movie, see a guy. And pick he a looks movie like the guy from Full Metal Jacket. Is it the same guy? No, no, that's Vincent D'Onofrio. No, yeah, that's not it looks Vincent like D'Onofrio. But, uh, yeah, I can see, I can see why. Yeah, that's a that's a little bit of a resemblance. But um, yeah, it, it, this movie is really good, and I recommend it to anyone who loves uh, mysteries and thrillers and uh, movies that make you think. Because this movie does that. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's kind of an under the radar movie. Like I don't, a lot of people don't talk about it. Um, but yeah, it's something that I think everybody should go out and, and enjoy for what it is. And it's something you can watch over and over again if you're in the mood to watch it. Yeah, I've seen it probably like twenty times. <laughs> but I will turn it over to Jason Quinn. Bib, you sound like you had something, something to say. Look like he was. Not even bring it up. Well, I do. There is uh, when uh, Devlin was talking about the entire movie and the ending. I realized that I do have a gripe with the film, uh, mainly just the last minute or so. I'm not sure if I was if I'm sold on the the twist on the twist ending with the little kid. And that's where I was like, oh, hold on. I don't know if that was one extra minute, step that was needed or Break not. Break that down for us, so so we can all we can all maybe convince you. Um, okay. Break it down as to why you're not sold on it. Um. So I, I guess for the audience who have not, spoiler seen alert. It, hopefully you have. Uh, but if you've not, yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, so the, the t- twist is all of this is happening in the serial killer's mind and uh, uh, he systematically ki- kills off each of the characters um, and thereby hopefully only the character that survives is the one that is not the serial killer. And so the girl survives in the story. Uh, I forget Amanda her Pete. name. What's the actress's name? Or the character? Amanda Pete. Amanda Pete survives and then and then it cuts to him being transported with his psychiatrist uh played by Melanie, uh, Melina and then you suddenly go back to Amanda Peet's character who has now uh quote unquote settled in uh an orange farm in Florida and we realize that somebody the serial killer is still out there and it turns out to be the little boy. So the little boy was, and then now it flashbacks to every event and shows that how he was behind every murder uh, or every killing uh, within the film. And maybe it was just a, how it was done. There was a little bit of suspension of disbelief. I just, it was maybe a stretch too far for me to kind of go there. I was like, really? That's, I mean, then I'm like, okay, maybe it's because it's in the, it is all happening in the mind, so you should not be using the the, the logic of all well, a boy. Of course, a boy can, you know, it's, it's, you've never it's a boy seen the omen? within the yeah. No, I, I've yes, the, the, the demon child, yeah. I'm and and so that's why I, I, I rephrase it again that 
it could also be how it was. It, it for me, okay. it came off or actually, Halloween is based around that frames. same type of a concept. Correct. Well, let me let me interject here real quick, Viv. So, think of think of the characters in the realm of what they are. So, we have John Cusack is the hero, so to speak. So, the the multiple personalities are a figment of this guy's mind, his psyche. So the, 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 the liar being Ray Liotta's character, not necessarily a killer. Cause we were never, we never knew what his crime was, but he's a criminal. And so he's a liar. Right. He does kill the actor. What's that? I'm sorry. He does kill like one. Yeah. He does. He, yeah. He kills the guard to get away. <clears throat> um, the Amanda Pete is the, the, the whore who wants to better herself. So that's, I guess it's more of like the person that he wants to, he wants to better himself. The, mm-hmm. the, the dad, the McGinley character is the hypochondriac, which is part of any sociopath has like these OCD tendencies uh, more, more often than not in most serial killers. Um, the mom is an innocent, just an innocent victim. Like just, it represents a, a mom, so to speak. Um, Rebecca De Mornay's character, the actress is, she's snooty and, and kind of, uh, you know, rich and, 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 Feels and like the, he's the part, she's the part of him that believes the world owes him. Right. Something. Right. The, yeah. She's a part of him, the world owes him something. And she, she's better than everybody, you know, sticks her nose up. Mm, right, yeah, some uh, form of the eagle. The, okay, the mo- the mo- the guy who was running the motel, quote unquote. It's the it's the not the not the lackey, but like he he's, it's he's a remorse. victim of circumstance. Victim of circumstance. He's the remorseful person who didn't know what to do, and then the child itself represents innocence, represents a, the person that isn't there, but in the in reality, it's. He's still the little. He's still a little child. It's the thing that he hides the most. There's a. There's an evil to him. That makes sense. That's all if you, in that child. If you pay attention in the beginning to, it states that like it it develops from childhood trauma. Right. So his personality split when he was a child. So the evil still remained a child. The rest of it. The rest of his personalities grew up and developed. Right. The evil still is, is a child. So they leave clues throughout the movie. And like and like I said, I've seen it like 20 sometimes. So I've gotten to pick up on it a lot more. Cause at first I was like, whoa, what a twist. And then like and then I thought about it and I'm like, well, you know, is the child a good twist? And then like after seeing it so many times, there's so much clues throughout the film. As to the fact that the child is the real killer, you just, it's just something that your brain doesn't initially process because you see him as an innocent child. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. your brain doesn't initially process it yeah, as this yeah. is the kid, the kid is killing everybody. Because, like, you can even see it, like, when you watch the scene where he kills his mom in the beginning of the movie, like, if you watch yeah. that film knowing he's the bad guy and you see that scene, you can see the evil in his eyes as he does what he's doing 
to make her get killed. Like you can see, like the kid's a pretty damn good actor in the scene, and like the way he he does little things that basically is tricking his mom into walking backwards and stuff like that. He, you can see just the little teeny instances of him like definitely pulling the strings. So yeah. I, <clears throat> and I feel like it's definitely there a lot of the times because he's also the only character that keeps randomly disappearing, but you don't think twice about it because it's a kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I think part of it was, it's what you said, where uh, as you watch it more and more and you kind of think it through, I think the first, uh, the first, the first time watching it was like, oh, big twist. And then I'm like, well, was that actually a earned twist in the sense that, because sometimes what happens with slasher films is because there's almost like this mandate that you have to have you defeat the killer and then you have to have some type of surprise twist ending so that, you know, you have something to leave the audience with. I was like, are they just cashing in on that kind of effect? You know, but it, it, it makes sense if you think it through that uh, why the kid, you know, why, why it worked, why it's effective. And it's like uh, Devlin said mm-hmm. about the... Well, and, and Michael Myers is his name, way. It's just he got to grow mm-hmm. up. And they do mention that the kid's father was very abusive to him. I'm sure that is a, uh, you know, a problem. Also, it's based the off killer. of a 19, the like, killer. I don't want to say like 50s movie. Based off of a book that was written by Agatha Christie, but um, it's based, it, there's a oh, movie really? and a book called it. So the original title of the book is absolutely atrocious and you should, if you want to know what the original title is, look it up for yourself. But the the retitling of the book is called "And Then There Were None." So, okay, yeah, I like um, that. And then there's a there's another book, uh, there's a movie based off of it called "And Then There Were None," and they actually discuss the movie in this movie, which is another a little another thing that I think is fantastic that they do because normal when I first heard about when I first hear them say uh, this is kind of like that movie where all those people are on that island and then they fin- find out that they have something in common right yeah yeah I, I was like I, I was like really appreciative of how bad <clears throat> they were going at that moment I was like oh wow are they commenting on which the they are yeah but what's movie? beautiful about that even further though is it makes sense because it's his mind. All these people are are fighting out in his mind. So these little thoughts would make sense. Like they like those little like that little meta stuff makes sense because he exists in the real world, not in this world. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a whole so, separate universe. Yeah. Uh, that that I found from, uh, very. Very interesting. And then when I was looking at the book, I found out what Agatha Christie originally titled the book and lost 100% of respect for Agatha Christie. Um, I'm still going to be li- reading some Agatha Christie, but uh, I do want to know the title of this book at some point. So I will have I, I'm that. not discounting the fact that she, uh, you know, like, like, uh, you know, some other, like some Lovecraft and things like that. 
Granted, they were good at their craft, but I lost from respect. A lot of respect. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I don't know, man. I, I, I've always loved this movie. I watched it in 2003 when it came out. Um, I've, I don't know what drew me to it to go see it, mm-hmm. but it's always a movie that I've recommended to people my entire life. So I'm excited that we finally got to discuss it on the podcast because when we started talking about movies that we wanted to discuss on the podcast, and if you, you the two of you can check me, if you go back to the original list of movies that we made uh, when we were thinking of movies to discuss on the podcast, my list contains this movie like near the top. <laughs> um, but it's just, this is one of those films to me that's always kind of stuck with me because I feel like <clears throat> everything in this movie has its own little purpose and it just does, it does such a good job of world building and it builds such an amazing narrative. And I feel like the acting in it is really good. Even when, even in parts where you might think that the, the people aren't being great actors, if you think about what they represent as parts of this person's psyche, then you kind of see like, okay, I understand why this character is being a little bit over the top here, or you know what I mean? So to me, I just feel like <clears throat> yeah, it's one of those beautiful things where to me, everything is firing on all cylinders. Like the script is fantastic. The, the shots are, are great. It has that little bit of horror aspect. I don't find it to be that much of a scary movie for me, but <clears throat> it's still enough to where you're kind of on the edge of your seat. Cause there's still little jump scare type stuff involved in it. Um, it's just, Across the board, everything just works for me with this film. So I'm just uh, I'm just pumped about it. <laughs> so the Agatha Christie book came out in 1939. It was called Who Done It? No. Who Done It? <laughs> That's not the original. <laughs> Who Done It? That's. Go, That's what it says. Click on, click on, search, search, and then there were no. Who done it? It says it wasn't a direct inspiration. Yeah, it's it's not a full. Oh, yeah. No, no, it can't be true. <laughs> That's not true. Now I'm curious. No, now I'm curious. wait, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I can't do the rest of this podcast. I'm out. <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. There were none. The I need a break. Title. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, it's right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will not be announcing that on on the podcast. No, we will not ever. Not at all. Um, but if you're curious, you can use Google. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Moving on, it's a stinger, though, isn't it? Doesn't uh, it just hit you? 
Yeah, it's a stinger. Uh, it sure is. It's yeah. It's yeah. Stinger. Oh, talk about a plot twist. Um. So, moving forward from that, um, yeah. Again, the you know, Jason, you you picked a good one. Um, I think that uh, we have uh, talked well about this movie, and I think it's time for um, our normal uh, things that we do in reviewing this movie. And that is, let's talk about favorite scenes. Anyone? I'll, I'll go first. Oh, what? I'll go first. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Two times in one it's, podcast. What a treat. Yeah. Vivid is it's the, the title of this book. On it's uh, of this totally your sex right It's the title of Vivid's sex tape. I'll go first. This is my child. <laughs> I need to get on a lifeboat. Okay, that's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. I need to be saved. Right. Just past the halfway point of the film where... The so the key cards oh, there's the keys, rooms, not key they cards. They find out that it's in. Yeah, I was like, sorry, I'm in 2020. Wait. Yeah, right. The keys. I was like, wait a minute. Keys. We're there, buddy. Keys. We're old school. This, you this see the cell phones? <laughs> they were on their iPhone 12, and what happened on was a cell phone. So yeah, so key. That's why they couldn't. So which also so makes key... sense, also. Another one of those fantastic things that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, completely isolated. Uh, so yeah, keychains. Just like, just like so keychains. Okay. I mean, that's keys. Okay. There you go. Well, keys. I I want to highlight key the tags. fact that there's the numbers. For key each, tags. Each what would you call the thing? There we go. Key, key tags. Tag. That's what I was going for. That's the, the word. The tag is the word I was trying to tag. Key tags. Beautiful. I'm glad we got here. Yes. So, I um, I feel like it's an accomplishment. <laughs> so, milestones in, on this podcast. Every every few minutes. I'm sorry. I just can't get past the title of the book. Better. I'm sorry. It's got to be wrapped up. Sorry. I'm focusing back. Okay. Key tags, right? So... The the story does a great job of using that as a traditional element of suspense, where the uh, like a traditional serial killer leaving a um, what would the term be, Devlin, where they leave a clue, but it's their it's their marker, it's their calling um, card, uh, it's their fingerprint, it's their their calling card, right? So after every uh, every crime, so you're like, oh, okay. So as a viewer, you're like, oh, okay. This is that point where you have you start to pick up those clues, and you got to figure out, well, is he going to leave the calling card, or is she going to leave a calling card with each of the each of the crime scenes? And sure enough, with every crime scene, the calling card is there, and all of them logically make sense. But then at some point, the movie suddenly goes, well, hold on. There was no way the serial killer had a had the chance to put a calling card with that dead body because clearly the main characters were in that situation with that with the character when the character died. So that's and I I like that uh, that um, that change in 
emphasis and the movie suddenly going oh you might want to rethink what you think ha- is happening here and giving this uh the space for the audience because it's pretty soon after that you find out what is actually happening or you pretty much kind of you know uh are able to wrap your head around the full concept of the film but before they give you the full reveal i love that that point where they give you enough that you are going okay okay i really have to rethink the puzzle that's been in my head so far so that's uh uh my favorite favorite scene or sequence okay. it's good i like that it's a good scene um it's good. good yeah um my favorite scene is the the scene where they wheel in the serial killer and he they're talking to him and he's changing personalities right in front of your eyes and uh going in and out of personalities and denying and they're they're grilling him about it and you can see the anguish and you know going through the levels of uh him you know having a, a mental disorder and it's very powerful and moving um to to watch that uh and how he performed that particular scene because you kind of feel sorry for the guy in in a very flashing moment you do you really feel sorry for him um because now you know that all of what you've you've seen is now just been in his head and having to go and and finish it so to speak and it's just a like it's like I said it's just a very powerful scene because even the the men in that room are watching in awe as as he's doing this and the doctors grilling him and trying to get him to pull back to one particular character and like I said I I, I just I focused on his mannerisms and the, and the way he is moving his eyes and and it, you know like he's thinking and like switching and going back and forth through the different personalities and trying to think about what he did and what he didn't do and and everything and it I don't know it just to me it was a well acted well directed scene uh and how he did that yeah absolutely yeah um here here that's actually also my favorite scene i think it's phenomenal it's <clears throat> it's hard to me like like I, you know, I do multiple random little teeny voices from here and there, you know, and you know, each of them have that own like little bit of mental character and stuff that I, you know, you have behind them or whatever. Um, but like trying to switch between them so quickly, like he does in that scene, is really fucking hard. Like he has these this full on little conversation with himself and it's like back and forth and it's just so it's all over the place but it's so concise that he switches between each one of the characters and and honestly i i think i i wouldn't be shocked if the people in the room were just in awe of him just doing that like just as an actor him doing what he does in that scene is so fucking difficult to try to do that I wouldn't be surprised if all of the people in the scene are just giving you honest impressions of of him achieving that, 
You know what I mean? So <clears throat> I, I think that seems absolutely phenomenal. And for him being such a small, like, I mean, he is the main character, so to speak. But at the same time, he doesn't really appear in the film very much at all. Because most of the time, they lead you to believe that this hearing is actually taking place in the same world as the other the other people at the motel is, and that they're waiting on this serial killer who is on the loose at the motel. Right? Like, they give you that kind of a plot sense until that around that point that you you understand that, oh, the, the serial killer is not at the hotel. The serial killer is right here in this fucking room. And all these people are in, in his head. Like, all of that together at once is just such, so beautiful to me. That performance reminded me of, um, have either of you seen? Uh, no, I have not. Split with uh, James McAvoy? No. Okay. Uh, when you get a chance. Well, I guess we can, if one of you end up seeing it, we'll uh, put that on the list. Uh, that performance reminded me of something that happens in that movie, too. It's it is a hard thing to pull off where you have to play multiple characters at once, and few very few actors can pull it off convincingly. Yeah, no, like I said, I I, I got to give props to that guy. I don't think he's been in a lot of things, but I think he did a phenomenal job right there. Yeah. Favorite quote. All right. So, favorite scenes. Should we move on to quotes? Okay. You know what? Okay. I'm going to do a surprise um, again. I'm not going to go first. I'll go. It's uh, it's the it's the famous quote from the movie. It's uh, as I was going up the stairs, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish I wish he'd go away. Same. That's a good one. Same. He's, that that quote's phenomenal. Hmm. Wonder if I want to stick. That is such a good quote. Yeah. Sure. Why not? I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, I, I I just don't think this movie was like super quotable. There wasn't. There wasn't a lot of lines that like you you just you gravitated towards I mean, it was great acting and the movie was superb, but this is the one that stuck out because it said, it says so much, mm-hmm. it, even though it's such a, a tiny little saying, and it just says so much about what's going on. If you pick up on it, you'll, you'll realize in the movie exactly what it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of encompasses the. Um, the here's a big state. one. Yeah, favorite performance. Okay, John Cusack. I'm giving it to John Cusack. It's a tough one for me. I think Cusack does a phenomenal job. I think Ray Liotta does a really good job of playing the character that he does too. He does, um, although, uh, to be honest, it's very much within his wheelhouse of capabilities. I mean, clearly, if you've seen Goodfellas, he is just... I mean, that is still, even after all these decades, I think it's crowning achievement. So I I can't give him it. I still haven't seen Goodfellas. So... 
I take that back, or at least I mean, it's 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 a uh, it's a preview of uh, something to look forward oh, to. If you do oh, like oh, his performance oh, oh. here, uh, oh, oh and it's not even the best performance. In the movie. I'm excited I, for you to see Goodfellas. I, oh yes. yeah, you know what I'm talking 100%. about. I, it took me a second, and then it hit me. It hit me. I was like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Um. <laughs> I, I I don't think I wouldn't give Ray Liotta the, the the thing on this, but I think Ray Liotta does a great job. But I I feel like I the the hard one for me is John Cusack's really good, and he has a long a large part in the movie. Whereas the other person that I'm debating on giving it to is the gentleman who plays the person who's the murderer, the the guy who's actually on trial. Because he doesn't have a lot of of screen time, but what he does with it right. is right. phenomenal. And I could even go as far as that end scene. Not the end scene of the finale, but when he's in the van. The switch that's turned. Because mm-hmm. that's when you, you, you like I said, you, yeah. felt, you felt sorry for the guy because he's going through such mental problems. But then you see that switch turn like you he looks very innocent. He's he looks like just a guy, you know, a regular guy. He doesn't look menacing. He's not a Hannibal Lecter char- type character. Where when you see Lecter in Silence of the Lambs, you're like, this dude is fucking scary. And they wheel him in. He's just like you're like, this just looks like a dude. And then the switches turn, and you're like, oh shit. So I, I'm going to give it to. Um, yeah. I pulled his name up. Uh, give me a second here. It is apparently my phone doesn't want to work. It is uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince. That is his name. Pruitt Taylor Vince. I think you know there have been okay. plenty of movies that have been made where a guy comes into scene for maybe five minutes and steals the whole movie. And I think this is one of those movies where he's not in it very long in, in a few scenes, but I think that his performance deserves the accolade of the best performance in this movie because he does such a, he did such a good for me. He did such a good job of convincing me that he was, you know, out of his mind and then convinced me that well, a lot of yeah, the, yeah, a lot of the twist yeah, rests on then, it, you know. Then, you know, also convinced me that not everything is as it seems. Because we were watching two stories in one. We were watching what's in his head, and then we were watching the outward appearance of what's in his head. So then, when we see the switch turned, we're like, "Oh, okay." Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was just kind of like the the thing with his eyes is like when you look at someone in the eyes, you can see see you can see things like the eyes of the window to a person's soul that's the old saying so you can look at someone in the eyes and you can see mm-hmm. whether it's fear or it's hatred or it's anger happiness and in that in those two scenes he showed fear in the sense of like he doesn't know what's going on and he can't grasp things in his head but then when the switches turn it's complete chaos in his eyes like the 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 fluttering is gone and he is focused on what he's gonna do because now that 
killer switch is turned on. So that's why I said you got to give it yeah. to him because, like, you know, yeah, performances like that in in a movie where there's so much good talent, and he's kind of like not I want to say an unknown, but he's not a guy we we will sit here and say we watched five or six of his movies, but he gives the best performance in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I, uh, I think you've you've definitely swayed me for sure in that direction. I was definitely on the fence about it, but I think you're absolutely right. It's it's hard not to give it to him because I, you could also you could also look at I mean, terms like this. I'm not trying to persuade good. you, but think about seven. Think about that first time we see Spacey, and we see the character. And how it's mm-hmm. the last five, ten minutes of the movie. Because in our minds, we had built up this image of what he's going to be. Yeah. He's going to be like this hulking, grotesque human being. But he looks just like a normal average Joe. But he's so slick. And then he's so evil, you can just see it behind his eyes. And how he's talking. And he's very, very, you know, he's not yelling. He's just kind of smooth, just... How he how he approaches things. It's the same, like I said, the same thing with this guy. Like you feel he's just an innocent, you know, not innocent. He did the things, but you just feel for him. But the thing is, is like it's like part of him. Like there's a good right, portion of him right, that right. didn't do the things. You know what I mean? And and that's the that's the part of you that you feel sympathy for. You feel sympathy for ninety percent of the of what's going on in, in his head right. is yeah. a I good mean, person. But, and that then goes to the there's story that little bit. You see, once everything's, you know, opened up to you, you see how much there is good in him. The Cusack character is the good in him. And the, the man of Pete character mm-hmm. is the good in him too, as well. And it, there's a lot of characters that are good. And then there's a lot of characters that are bad in this movie. Like personality wise, not like bad in the sense of how they were played. Yeah, All right, gentlemen. Sure. Uh, moving on, let's uh, let's talk about ratings. Uh, I'll go first. Vivian, you've gone first, and uh, I'm going to give this movie a okay. nine point five. Okay. Um, I'm only deducting a point or five point five points because. Um, I feel like that the, the, the scene with the guy could have been extended a little bit longer. I thought we could have gotten maybe all the personalities all at once, um, and, and shown that in different light. We just got Cusack's personality. And I feel like we could have gotten all of them. If we were going through the gauntlet of personalities, I felt like we should have gotten a little bit of all of them. And I thought that would have shown everybody's acting chops and, and, and looking a little bit crazy. Like imagine Amanda Pete sitting there getting grilled and that, and she's, and he, he's trying to go through that character. I thought if we saw more of it, it would have been, it would have been a little bit better. No, I, I think know, the no, reason no, why we didn't get it. I understand. I completely understand that. I really do. I understand that 110% for the story wise. I get that, but I'm saying this is just from a personal perspective of things. 
that I felt like if we'd had that, maybe it would have been a little, you know, we could have got a little bit more of a, a, a story or a little bit more depth to the, the character. Plus, it would have given him a little bit more screen time, I think. Uh, I mean, in terms of that, for sure, I can see that as being a thing. But I think because of how much that Cusack realizing that he is just a personality inside somebody's head plays into the meta of -hmm. the movie. Like he gets the, he gets that fourth wall on his whole life. And that's the reason why that's like that whole click for him. And I appreciate that. Like I said, the movie as a whole, I really appreciate it. I'm just saying like, for me as a fan of movies like this, I think that artistically I would have liked to have seen, him run the gauntlet of those personalities and then get to Cusack. And then Cusack realize, you know, that ca- that character realizes that he's now just a, you know, in someone's mind. I think that would have just been for me that would've been cool. I think the best way that they could have showcased and given you what you wanted and still stuck with the meta of the whole situation is to give have him have a conversation that they're having. So like if they're, if they cut away at that time period where we're getting that argument from them, where they're, they're accusing the, the, the guy that's running the motel of stuff. And we keep getting the different personalities that are all, you know, kind of taking turns talking and stuff. And that's one of the other things that I kind of like about this is most of the time, when there's arguing, there's not a whole lot of overlap. Like you don't get a lot of people trying to talk over top of each other very often because it's only one fucking guy. So there's not a whole lot of overlap. And when it does, it's very quick. Right. Yeah, no, no, uh, no, and right. I think yeah, that's yeah, deliberate. I, I get it. I do. I just, I don't know. Artistically, I think they would just added a bit of, a more of a depth to that particular scene, but that's just me. Okay, um, I'll go second, unless Viv, you really want to go. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to give it a 10. It. This movie's phenomenal for me. I think there's... I, I, I can't find a flaw in it, so... Okay. Um, for me, I will give it... Uh, you give 10 it a what? Eights. I uh, ten few things. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? He's... Uh, I said uh, I'm going to eights? give it a ten little eights. Okay. Yeah. No. And uh, it's just a saying that people have. You never heard that saying? I get. I get uh, what you're trying to. Just say. look it up. Um, I would ask that you defend your eight, though. In this particular case, um, I, I think it, the story itself works for me. Everything that you guys say, I'd concur with it. I, I think part of it is I've seen so many schizophrenic teen films, teen schizophrenic films, teen films, and some of them that I like more oh, than themed. this one. Themed, themed, like themed, themed. Okay. Yeah. 
Jason, did thematically, you hear, thematically did you in the uh, schizophrenic genre, I guess. Or you can say in the schizophrenic genre. Yeah, it's not another teen <laughs> schizophrenic movie. I guess when, when Identity came out, I, maybe that's what I was playing in my head. I was like, oh, not another schizophrenic mm. movie. So, And thankfully, the movie itself was able to get past my apprehension of going back into that genre. Because there's only so many things you can do with that genre. But I, I think it does a tremendous job. Now, if I had not seen the other flicks, I but like think I what, would have been what like other movie full on is, sold on this. Are film. you saying that that is doing it a better job of portraying a multiple personality disorder? Oh, uh, well, my favorites are, and I mean, we can you know deconstruct it if needed. But uh, my favorites are a beautiful mind. I think that's a tremendous job of uh, doing that switch and also really kind of seeing what the cost of having that type of mental disorder is. Uh, But it's a different genre, so I don't want to put that burden of, you know, having to completely realistically portray what schizophrenia does onto this film because that's not the goal of this film. It's playing by different rules, so I understand that. Um, I also love, but it's not, it's not for the record. It's not portraying schizophrenia. Uh, Yeah, it's okay. Well, it's using the concept of multiple personalities as a framing for how schizophrenia is a multiple personality disorder. Schizophrenia is, is different than that. So you are. Schizophrenia is more okay. like. No, go ahead. Schizophrenia is more like your your world. You perceive it differently. It's not that you have multiple people living in your head that are all different aspects of your own personality that just changes like this. It's more like <clears throat> you are one person, but you perceive the world as being different than the rest of us do. Like you, you would think that, that, that people are out to get you and you would see things that aren't there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that would then fall squarely in. Yeah, schizophrenia what, uh, is a long-term mental uh, disorder. A beautiful mind is doing. So you're saying that is schizophrenia? Between thought, emotion, and behavior leading to faulty perception, inappropriate actions and feelings, Withdrawal from reality and personal relationships into fantasy and delusion, a sense of mental fragmentation. And then multiple personalities. This is. And and multiple personality disorder is is characterized by the presence of two or more distinct personality identities. Each may have a unique name, personal history, and characteristics. So it's it's two different distinct they're mental disorders that you're comparing in this. But they're they're all they're they're sometimes a, a, yes. like joined together like you can suffer from both. <clears throat> but okay. what they're portraying is the 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 uh, the multiple personality. So is this a multiple schizophrenia or multiple identity is multiple person. Yes. This is multiple person. 
because he's a he's trying to okay. discover his identity essentially is what the whole concept is he's trying to fight to be one person instead of 10 10 gotcha, plus okay. people living in his head it's he's trying to get it to one is essentially what they're they were trying to do oh and then there were none okay i got you the yeah. the former title yeah and i i think would that i even remember in uh, there's a movie that i saw actually in 2003 called adaptation which had uh, which dealt with two screenwriters and one of them were trying to so one of them was portrayed as a hack writer and one of them was portrayed as a uh, as a serious quote unquote you know screenwriter and he's trying to adapt a serious uh, New York Times bestseller book uh, into a into a film, but his uh, identical twin brother is also trying to get into the industry. But he decides to do a complete Hollywood genre piece, and he comes up with the idea of a serial killer with multiple personality disorder. And I, I remember uh, at some point, I don't know if somebody else they were making those comparisons. There's a mo- there's an actual movie out that is pulling that exact trick. And maybe that also kind of had uh, uh, left some type of aftertaste in my mind. I was like, oh, it's a movie. They literally made a movie where they they pulled that trope uh, into effect. So I think those, and I, it's unfair, it's unfortunate that that came to be. Um, uh, because the movie itself, you know, in isolation, it, it, it does a beautiful job with the material that it has. It's just uh, because of the other films that I've seen and just my preconceptions, there are, there are, those are some hurdles that I can't jump past. Okay. So that's why it's an eight. Okay. Well, okay. I believe we've done identity justice. Um, anything else you gentlemen like to add? I believe two, I believe two of us is, I believe two of us has done identity. <laughs> full justice and one of us has given us about eight percent i mean J- jason this is this is how 80 percent justice you gave batman a 10 batman and robin a 10. no those are, that's a completely different thing you guys just didn't understand the movie <clears throat> oh, hold on oh um, wait 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 <laughs> so in that yeah sense, i mean <laughs> Believe it, you disagree with it. No, because like what your your argument for this movie is that it's a, a fucking it your argument is that it's a great movie, but it in itself is not the issue. There's no you're arguing that this movie is phenomenal and does everything right, right? Which would warrant a ten. But then you're saying that some other movie's existence is the reason why it warrants a lower score. <laughs> Oh. All right, let's let's deconstruct it more <laughs> since you do want to go there. You pissed so, them off now. Let's. Uh, you did I'm, it now, I'm, I'm Jason. Totally fine oh, with this. Shit. Let's 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 go a little bit further here. He's stuttering. Listen let's to let's him. let's dig deeper. Hot. Let's 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 oh, descend. Should we, oh, should we descend? Oh shit! Oh shit! I gotta be referee. <laughs> that sucks. All right, that sucks. All right, look. All right, look. All right. Let me give you the, no, no, let me give the rules. All right. Nobody, First of all, all right. No low blows. The nails on the door. Right? The, I don't, don't, nails on the door. That's where we're going. 
and uh, I will disqualify both of you and no outside interference, okay? Go. Uh-huh. The nail in the door. Nice uh-huh. jab. Thank you. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so. Nice uh, yeah, very, so very good. good. I caught it. I, I catch that it. one. Okay. So, identity as a. That was me. Who's that? Continue. Carry on. I popped. Look, I popped a cold one. Oh, so okay. I figured if I would be sitting here saying jack shit Sorry, for I the need next to ten my minutes, now. I might as well have something to drink. <laughs> okay, say car ram robber. <laughs> uh, what? So when I started watching the film. I already knew what direction the movie is going. And the movie does a good job with exactly what the formula of the film is. And I give it points for exactly that. I think 8 is a fantastic mm-hmm. score mm-hmm. for a film. The fact that it didn't go beyond that, it's not, it's not that I have to... It's not that that's a bad thing, but that's just... it. it was doing what was possible within that genre and did not take it any further than that. And that's fine. And, uh, and it did it beautifully. Everything within, like, so say if it's a paint by numbers, if it's a, you, it's a paint by numbers image, it mm-hmm. hits all the points perfectly, right? It's just is that, well, that's exactly what I was expecting and nothing more. And I'm happy you with that. You knew going into the film. Did you did you watch anything, or you knew from jump that this all of this was taking place in somebody's head? I knew that it was going to be a multiple personalities uh, movie, or some form of it. Now I know that you are saying that I'm mixing up schizophrenia and multiple personalities in the sense that it is going to deal with care a character who has multiple issues. And the first big red herring was, or uh, I, I guess that's not the word. It is um, a foreshadowing was the opening scene. I was like, ah, this is clearly a setup for something else that's going to happen. And then, because it also mentions that, hey, there's this person whose uh, execution is being stayed and they are being brought <clears throat> in for an emergency hearing. And I was like, okay, that clearly has some bearing on what's going to happen. And then pretty soon, all the elements starts to come together in a good way. Like by the, by the rules of what this type of genre film should do, this mystery, horror, thriller, um, soup, what it should do, it is doing it. And it's doing it well. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with each turn that it's taking. Uh, but in my case, it's not that it is taking it to a level that I am not uh, completely being blindsided by. Like, okay, that's a good move. Oh, that was good. That was a great storytelling move. Oh, I like that. I like how this... Like, that's why I, I emphasized John Cusack's performance and the cinematography of this movie was really what got me. And that's what really sold the movie for me. That's what I enjoyed about the film. Cusack's performance and how this movie was lit and the direction that I mean clearly James Mangold knows how to direct this film he 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 is a seasoned 
director and he, he he all the shots are good everything was framed he knows how to uh where the emphasis of each scene should be and all of that is I done. find it interesting but the sum of the parts is just the sum of the parts that you didn't take the like the clear bait of what the movie is supposed to try to show you that it is because the movie's trying to 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 tell you okay. in the beginning of the film that there is a killer on the loose and that both of the stories of like the, the, the psychiatrist and the and the the court and all that is taking place in the same universe as each other and that the killer is actually at the hotel um, that might have something to do with Jake Busey's well, but, performance. I just never but he's saw not, him as to be. But that's the thing. Is it's not trying to... It's not necessarily saying that it's him at all. Be, it's, it's not... Mm-hmm. But it's saying that... It's saying that, that somebody... Yeah, because yeah, they're not saying the that Jake that Busey's character is the killer that's being transported. He's just a person being transported. Because if you think about it, the, the, the way that it sets it up is that he's being transported to a hearing. They don't state that Jake Busey's being transported to a hearing. He's just being transported somewhere. So they wouldn't, he wouldn't have tried to, he would have tried to make an effort to contact somebody if he was being transported to a, a, a place where he was going to be put on death row if that didn't happen. So there would have been... A, a little bit of a difference there, especially since they also state that the person that is the killer does have issues. Jake Busey doesn't, to me, Jake Busey never shows as a person with mental health issues. So I never took Jake Busey as the person who's the bad guy. And maybe I, to me, it always looked as if, Somebody else is the bad guy, and Jake Busey's just the clear red herring. So, may, I, to me, I find it interesting that you never got to traditional, you know, psych patients on the loose uh, horror trope out of the the beginning of the film, because that's what it's trying to show you. It's trying to be like. Hey, you know how we've done how we've done this horror trope in so many films where the mental uh, health uh, person or the person with mental health issues who is a murderer is on the loose, like you know Michael Myers. That's what they're trying to give you is like Michael Myers, and then they pull the rug out from underneath you and show you that it's not Michael Myers is on the loose. It's that that kind of a care that serial killer character is actually uh, has multiple personalities and they're fighting in his head. So I find it interesting that you never took that bait that it was trying to tell you in the beginning and that you immediately assumed that it was an, a, a, a different piece from the get go. I get what they were going for in the opening and I can see how that would have hooked the audience in one direction and maybe I was thinking a little too meta at that point where 
I was, my expectations was already geared to, well, the title is identity. Uh, even I have this knack for remembering trailers really well. And something about even watching the trailer back then, it was some, it, it was, it was cluing into a, a direction where I was like, okay, this is essentially a twist that's going to happen on this traditional genre piece. So I think that's why I was, um, I was thinking in a different direction and maybe that, that almost clued me in into what was going to come afterwards. It's not that I knew exactly how all the elements was going to play out. For example, I think it was a really good surprise that the whole, the, like I, it, the whole motel and all of that, I did not see all of that being a completely enclosed universe within the mind of the killer. It was just that I had this intuition that this that there was there's a setup here happening that is going to be some type of revelation that has to do with with a split personality, something that is to do with it's not going to be a traditional serial killer issue that's happening here. And I, I, I and I, I think that was where you know that that is both a little bit of a break from the traditional formula of the genre, uh, but at the same time, again, goes back to what was happening in that era of films. There was a lot of films coming out at that time, which was using that trope over and over again. So I was primed to think in that direction. Now, if it had come, say, five years earlier, or maybe even five years later. I might not have been cued in that direction. It's just, I, I, I part of the movie's unfortunate. I, I don't think this was a big success of a movie when it did come out, and, and I think really has to do with just timing. <clears throat> okay, I just, just, I don't know. I guess it's just, uh, it's, it's interesting to me. I guess. Yeah. And I can, I can, I mean, uh, you've, you've mentioned this on uh, other uh, uh, podcasts where we've done review like older films or like, the, like, for example, The Nightmare of Elm Street or sorry, The Nightmare on Elm Street and the just where your priming of having seen Freddy versus Jason impacted the reaction that you had in the movie. It, it is just one of those elements. And I tried to push that aside as much as possible because I see the movie itself functioning exactly how it should. Um, it's just, it does have a limit on how much. I, I guess, I guess the, the problem from the, the, the thing that I differentiate in this for me versus what you are is I don't, I can't think of a single movie that this reminds mm-hmm. me of. There's not a single piece. Like, I mean, you mentioned like, like rear window and stuff like that. It doesn't to me. Rear window doesn't doesn't sit as the same thing. Rear window is actually a piece on schizophrenia, so like that would make sense if that was the case. But like I can't think of a single film like this in any way, shape, or form. So I think that that's where where you're saying that there's other pieces that were similar that I well, I can't I mean, think of. Like I'm not saying that they don't exist. I just don't have knowledge of them. I don't think Rear Window is yeah. that. And that's the only one that yeah. you. That's well, I mean, the no, only movie I, that you mentioned. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. Secret Rear Window, Window is right? the. 
yeah. the Hitchcock movie. Um, uh, that's a, a Hitchcock film, yeah. Well, speaking of Hitchcock, I do feel this has some allusions to uh, Psycho. Psycho uh, takes place in a motel and turns out the the central character has... Oh, is it schizophrenia or multiple personality? I'm sorry. It's one or the other. I, I, I have the hardest time trying to differentiate I don't know that he those. has schizophrenia either. I don't... He has he definitely has a mental disorder, but I don't think that it's either of those two. Because um, he's, mm, I can't, I don't know. He he definitely has a mental disorder. He's well, he's, yeah, but he's that's not really impersonating his mother, right? He doesn't think he doesn't he believe he's his, his mother. He's just impersonating his mother, and he's he doesn't necessarily like to me. He doesn't believe that she's. Like up, like in his head or anything like that, or that he is envisioning envisioning her being someone. I I almost got the feeling that he believed that he is ma- mother now. He he was inhabiting the role of mother. But I, I don't know if that would. Act, uh, that I I mean, you might have a little more knowledge on it because yeah. I've honestly, to be fair, I've never seen the original Psycho, so I could be that I just haven't because I haven't seen it and I've only seen like a fuck ton of clips and watched like documentaries involving, you know, things that are about it. You know what I mean? So I've never actually seen the film itself. So maybe that's, maybe I have ex- uh-huh, skewed uh-huh. knowledge of it. My view is askew. Ah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Um, but I think I, to me, I guess, but then again, if if that's the case, and and there is an issue, a, a thing like that in Psycho, it's really hard not to play homage to, like, if you make a movie in any kind, if you make a horror movie, and you don't in some way pay a little homage to the greatest horror director of all time, aren't you kind of fucking up a little bit? <laughs> like. I mean, that's a. I. I. I mean, it should not. Be like, because I mean, to be fair, sure. being compared to Hitchcock is not like a, it should never be a bad thing. Yeah. Well, yes. Look, but the thing is, like, um, there's another movie that just came to mind, uh, Mr. Brooks, or even Shutter Island. I, I think these are all within that same. Same. And, genre. See, and I, I've same seen genre. Shutter Island, but we can't talk about and that. And I think that's where hasn't. it's. Um, so I know what you're talking about there. Oh, okay. But again, I think it's too, it's too closed. I think, I think Mr. Brooks is too closed of a, of, of a film. I don't think that anything has, I don't, I don't think that there's ever been a movie that has depicted a mental illness anywhere close to the way that this film does. I, 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 uh, what's the word? I respectfully disagree. I'm not saying that there has been, that there hasn't been a movie that has done a good job like this does. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, there are films that have done, like the Joker is by far, does a, a fantastic job of depicting mental illness. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is in this, 
particular instance, I have never seen a film where a person is suffering from a multiple personality disorder um, and then is receiving treatment and we are witnessing the treatment by way of a slasher film taking place inside this man's head while he awaits trial for or why he's waiting a plea bargain and about to be lethally injected. Those that's what I'm talking about. I don't think that there's ever been a film that's remotely close to that. Like it's such a unique idea is what I'm saying. Like I'm not trying to like say that there haven't been other films that have shown, you know, uh, other other people that are that are you know, like, like Fight Club, like, you know, obviously, <clears throat> if, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Fight Club, you know, mute for a second. Uh, but like, you know, like in Fight Club, it's, it's two people surviving in the same brain, right? But it's, it's a very different depiction of it. So I find it, I find this movie to be very refreshing. And still to this day, I find it to be something unlike any other film that I've ever seen because I've never seen a film depict something like this ever. Okay. So um, I guess I'll do one uh, one last uh, attempt here. and uh, Not to dissuade, but just to hopefully clarify when you said that how the uniqueness of the blending of genre i do agree with that uh the one that comes to mind and one of my favorite films is uh, a beautiful mind it so it follows this uh real life mathematician uh, john nash and he he's so brilliant and then the story starts to wrap around his um, uh, this takes place in the 30s, 40s. So it starts to turn on this international. You no, know, I've never seen this movie either, right? And because of his brilliance, he's getting recruited by the CIA, and all. Oh. Okay, I can't. I can't go any further. <laughs> but, but, but let me just uh, to go to your point, Jason. When you said using a genre to display the the um the effects of schizophrenia okay i'll i'll leave it there so i i i that's the that's what i mean by i've seen it before i've seen uh slight versions of it i've seen pretty close versions of it using other genres so i've unfortunately i've seen many other movies that have dealt with the subject matter uh, effectively and just like identity, it's just that I've come to identi- identity much, much later. So even after identity, there's about three or four films that have come that I really love that, again, deals with the same topic. So I, I can't in, in any good faith give it beyond an eight. And eight is a fantastic score. I, I, I keep saying that. It's a great score. Um, if you want, I'll give it an 8.5 too. I... <clears throat> I mean, it's it's your score ultimately. I, I'm just <clears throat> multiple. Most of the time on here, we don't ever really have in depth conversations about how we got arrived at scores. We just let it be. But a lot. I feel like 
yeah. I, I just I was interested in your thought process on it because I was I was sure. so sure you were gonna give it a higher score. And that's not the reason why I was interested in your thought process. And I would love a list of the films that you're talking about that deal with this because I find this fascinating. So if there are other films that are similar to it that I can watch that I would also find interesting. And if you if you think that they're that they've done it in a better job, then I would also love to see that. But for me, maybe it's just because maybe it's just because, you know, I love what they did with this film and they used one of my favorite genres to do it. Maybe. Yeah. And, and you know what? You you will come back to me with those movies and say that was good, but honestly, I think I didn't do it better because I think it was using some of the the specific genres that you like and then using it for, to the best of its ability to describe that phenomenon. Whereas for me, it's using genres that I love more and then kind of pushing that theme in, in that direction. So it, it could just be a performance, a preference. I don't know. It's kind of hard to kind of do that kind of uh, armchair psychological analysis in yeah. real time on a podcast. But uh, yeah. that's... No, I was just... just in, I don't know. I, uh, I'm sorry that if anybody didn't find this extra bit of conversation interesting, but uh, I'm glad we had this additional conversation. So... I do love the movie, okay? I, I, Jason, I do want you to know that. I, there is nothing wrong with the film. I will even watch the film again. Maybe that'll change. That, for sure. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll just make it go up from that eight. I, you'll call me, you'll call me this time next year when you're re- re- revisiting it I, and you're like, I, you know what? It is a fucking 10. You're right. As I watched it and I saw the little boy in every scene that he was in and I watched the, <laughs> evil in his eyes and I saw those little instances he fucking he did it he did the thing let let me close with this or let's close with this movies like this there are there are quite a few of them that uh, have a completely different flavor on second viewing is a different experience. So uh, that I mean, even you might have been saying that in jest. No, I, I, I I'm think that being truthful because I, I think that perhaps had you, if you were able to see it that second time and witness the different little nuances that that you didn't pick up on the first time because you thought it was heading one completely different direction, um, mm-hmm. then I think you know you might have you might appreciate sure. it on a on a deeper level. That's fair. I, I agree with that. No, I'm all right. I'm here. All right. Um, what do you guys think? Is uh, Devlin? You can wake up now. You okay? All right. We're in are we, uh, are we ready for, uh, <laughs> for season two, segment two, on episode three? <laughs> we're, we're on season three now. That conversation took. <laughs> that was all of season two in one. That was twelve weeks. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have to split that up over the next for, couple of months. For the next couple nipple. of months. Welcome back to Know Your Cinema podcast. This is segment two. This is the get to know Know Your Cinema section of our podcast, where we discuss a question 
um, that is being asked by one of our hosts. And this week, our illustrious Maharaja of Southern Gentlemen, Vivin Matthew, has the question. So, Vivin, be so kind as to lay out your question for us. So, I mean, we know it's just less than a month away. Uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And Joe Jorgensen. <laughs> yeah. Don't you fucking, don't, don't you, don't, don't you fucking do it. Okay, I went all Boston on you, you motherfucker. Okay. Fuck, I'm sorry, I could not. Fucking, Joe, I couldn't do it any further. that third party. Okay. Joe is very <laughs> much in this election. You give her her credit. In Ohio, she's in the ballot in all 50 states. Let's all 50. Just because she so, keeps getting cock locked out of the debates. As they always do. Want to, which I wouldn't. Which I really wouldn't be. So if we have to place bets. So if we have to place bets. And if you had to make a compelling argument on who you should vote for. What the fuck is this shit? When, <laughs> when did this become a political podcast? What the fuck is this shit? We, we, we clearly try to never talk politics. I didn't even mention people's names in the one segment. You're out here name dropping, motherfucker. We said A, B. He said A, B, and C. And you're like, you know what? Then you only drop two names because you're like an asshole. Fucking asshole. Look, I I I gotta be pragmatic, okay? Who are the two that's actually going to oh, be the I'm fighting his ass. I swear to God, I'm throwing hands. You dirty <laughs> motherfucker. Okay, so a little inside baseball here. Um, uh-huh. Me. I speak for myself. I'm a libertarian, so I don't have a political affiliation to the Republican or Democratic Party. I'm a libertarian. And people will tell me all the time that if I vote libertarian, I'm throwing away my vote. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. I'm voting for who I believe in. So Preach. that and that's who I will tell people, if you believe in Joe Biden, vote for him. If you believe in Donald Trump, vote for him. If you believe in Joe Jorgensen, vote for her. But vote. So, if you believe in Kanye West, the election is in December. Right. <laughs> so you vote for who you believe in, and you stick to your, your beliefs and what you believe in. And I'm pretty sure if me and Jason and Vivin all had to talk about what we believed in political-wise, we're all not going to agree on things. But it's it's what you stand for and just vote for. Okay? If you might, like, like I said, if there's... If I was a Republican, there's pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there's things about Donald Trump I wouldn't want to vote for. And if I was a Democrat, I'm pretty sure there's things about Joe Biden I wouldn't want to vote for. And trust me, there's things that Joe Jorgensen has I'm not a big fan of. But 95% of the things that she stands for, I'm for. So why wouldn't I vote for the person that I believe in, regardless of the outcome of the election? Here, here. And here's the uh, question that I do want to ask for the... You, you guys actually... Uh, Devon, you actually took up the question. That's awesome. I was going to cut it off at some point, but uh, uh, clearly, uh, I it was a uh, answer that was not going to s- set fires. So that's good. So here's my actual... Uh, possibly... Uh, we'll see how this question lands. 
Couldn't be worse than the last one. Yeah, it couldn't be worse than <laughs> making me get all fired up and go political on everybody when we try not to do that. I think the first time in the history of this podcast, I actually had to talk about my political beliefs. Speaking of dying. Jesus Christ. Oh, for fuck's sake, what are you, what are you, what the fuck, are you sleep deprived? What the fuck is wrong with you? I gotta, I gotta, in, let me, is Beth up? I gotta instant messenger her real quick. Like, come get your okay. husband. No, the, <laughs> take over, you finish the, the last question, segment. Come get your boy. Yeah, we need to, we need to tag, you need to tag Beth in. Yeah. <laughs> the question is rather simple. Uh, let's are see how it sure? plays out. I'm Can never sure about it. You've, you've been fucking ringing around the rosy for fucking five minutes now. I just, I just do things, see what happens. So let's oh, see what happens. Thirty-four. By the way, Alex says hi. Just a random thought. He said hi at some point and told to say hi to you uh, guys. When you refer so, to uh, Alex, Alex you refer hi. to him as Christopher Walken 2.0. Okay. Christopher Walken 2.0 says hello. Okay, so here's the question. Movies have quite a few deaths in them. My question is, what is your favorite on-screen death? Damn. That's dark as fuck. Hmm. Uh, so I, I, oh, this, I, is, this is an extensive one because I'm a very big horror movie fan. Yeah, no, this is tough. This is a very tough one. And I'm probably going to surprise a lot of are we going emotional deaths or? Oh, thank you for asking that clarifying question because I wanted to emphasize that you can go with it. I'm almost leaning oh, towards Jesus. emotional, but you can clearly go. No, no, you can clearly go. The you can take this if if a death that's memorable to you. For example, I'll give an example. I'm not saying this is my favorite on-screen death. Uh, there is uh, the 1999 film about the shark movie deep blue, deep blue sea. something mm-hmm. deep blue sea i'm sorry if i am spoiling this for somebody but the death of samuel jackson is still one of the most memorable deaths because it comes out of epic <clears throat> nowhere yeah. so you you can take it any direction you want that's just the you know the general question okay okay all right I'll take it. I'll take this one. So, Jason, plug your ears because you haven't seen the movie. Um, hold on a second. You're good. Okay. Um, I can't hear you. Okay, so. good. <laughs> um, the 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 death of Goose and Top Gun has always. Mm affected me even as a kid um this is my favorite movie of all time so um it uh it still strikes a chord with me now more so uh than it did in the past because they were so close and then i lost matt my my brother my best friend so uh it really the last time I watched Top Gun, like it emotionally took a lot out of me in regards to that. So that's the one that always gets me. And like I said, even when I was a kid, it got me. 
it like just like tore me up inside. But now, now as an adult, like I, it's hard for me to watch that scene and not feel some kind of a way about it because of how close they were and it was the best friend and stuff. So that's the one. And and Jason, you can now unplug your ears. Jason, I'm gonna message him, messenger in him since he. I'm back. Sure. He, he, I keep, he, I kept shutting oh, in. Yeah. I kept like turning up my volume a little bit so I could hear, and then I hear like a word, and then I'm like, oh, he's still talking. Okay. Well, that. No, I was talking about Top Gun. This question, but Viv, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go? Nope. Cool. Go, go, okay, go. so because because of this question having that possible two options to it of being like the one that affected you most versus the one that you found like was the most important or whatever for your horror from a horrorness. So for me, the movie, the movie death that affected me the most and still to this day, I can't watch this movie because it fucks me up every time. Uh, Macaulay Culkin's death in my girl. Dang it. Yeah. Yep. Fucking yep. Christ. Yeah. Uh, that shit kills me every fucking time. And so I can't handle that at all. That's the most emotional death for me. <clears throat> the other death that I find to be the, the one that sticks with me. I don't know that it is my favorite death necessarily, but okay. Scream was the first horror film that I can ever remember. Right? So to me, that was yeah. where the birth of my love of horror comes from. Okay. So there is a particular death in this film uh, that is my wait, favorite. Pause, wait. Have you seen? I'm not gonna, he hasn't seen it. It's on his wheel, so I'm not. I'm not saying what it is. Okay. I'm just. I'm just going to say that a particular death in this film is my favorite one because it is the one that really started my love of of horror. And I will just disclose that when we talk about Scream, which is currently on the wheel. Soon, so we'll be spinning the wheel next episode. Okay, and before you go, Viv, I'll, I'll let me give my my horror movie one. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there, uh, you haven't seen any of the Friday the Thirteenth, or you haven't seen Jason X. Um, so I'll just describe this death. It doesn't do anything to the plot line or anything like that. Um, so Jason in Jason X um, takes a girl's face and puts it in liquid nitrogen. And she dies basically from drowning in liquid nitrogen. But instead of just leaving it at that, he then smashes her face into a table. And it just like, it just ice, like, it just like ice disintegrates her face. And I always, it's sick to say, but I always laughed at that because I'm like, it was unnecessary to smash your face at the at that <laughs> point. But he did. <laughs> and I was like, 
I was like, okay, all right, I see where this is going. <laughs> Jason X is like that movie where they're like, okay, um, we're completely out of ideas. Um, Jason X is the Batman like, and Robin of the Jason series. I love Jason. I've got to watch this. I love Jason I've got to watch this. I am about to spend $25 on Voodoo, like, real quick to buy the first eight Friday the 13th movies. Because um, there's a bundle right now, and I need it. It doesn't include Jason X, because or Jason Goes to Hell, but... Right, because they were bought by New Line. So. Yeah. The franchise went there. Mm. But, uh, Viv, you can go now. So, yeah, obviously, I've uh, when the question, when I came up with this question, I was like, is this an appropriate question? That I'm like, well, it's a uh, it's 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 horror movie month. I, I think there's no no better time than now to ask this question. But it, it clearly is a thing that movies, especially if you have characters that you love and that you watch through the arc of a story and then something expected or unexpected happens to them it does have a deep impact on you. And even if it's an animated movie, for me, two animated movies have had huge impacts on me just from the death scenes in the film, like uh, The Lion King and the movie Up. Uh, both are just something about the way it's set up. It just grabs me every time. And Pixar uh, will punch you in the... Fucking Disney the, knows how to punch you in the cock when it comes to a death scene. Oh... There's yeah, there's one yeah. up up probably has one of the most gut punching deaths in fucking cinematic history for being such a simple yeah. way of I, doing it like but fuck man <laughs> I I'm 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 almost too okay. kept thinking about it right now because I remember sitting in theaters the first time seeing it and you could. You, I swear to you, you could hear the sniffles oh. in the audience. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the whole auditorium was just it's like It's like, like Disney was like, they were like, you remember how we made everybody cry in Bambi? Uh, and people were like genuinely upset about that. And then like it became the thing. What if we made it worse? What if we made it not even like a little bit worse? What if we made it Way worse than anything ever before. When it, oh <laughs> uh, no, and Disney's then, a, Disney's notorious for that. I mean, let's talk about like their live action shit back in the day. Like Old Yeller is still like just a just gut tearing, just terrible. Just oh man, have you seen Up, Dev? I'm not. I'm. I'm sure that it's from what you guys are describing. It's not. I mean, I know the concept, so I'm, I'm sure I. I understand where that's going, but um, Old Yeller is a bad one, too. Uh, there's not even a death in Homeward Bound, and it's, God, that's just an emotional right? fucking hell. And Yes. We're not 100%. even talking about, God, hell, we're not even talking about the never-ending story and that shit. And uh, <laughs> I won't fucking watch the never-ending story again, ever. Yeah, me either. And it, it, it's it just oh that's that's a bad one, I mean there's some that are just like 
oh man, the old, old Yeller. First time I watched that in school, where the red fern grows. That's the, that's even worse. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what's fucked up is like, why do they make you fucking read and watch that shit in high school and and like middle school and shit? Because that was where the red fern grows was a, a classic book and Ugh. one of those things you had to read and then it's just oh my god that ending is the most bullshit and it's worse than the old yeller it just is the most bullshit ending that it still haunts me like because it's such an ugh. just when you think it can't get worse it got worse and, and it's so bad and so if anybody out there's ever read the book or watched the movie you know what i'm talking about What's the name of this? Oh, uh, where the, book again? Where the red movie? fern grows. I send you. I send you the. If you've never seen it or read it, and you don't feel like doing it because it's a gut punch of the film, oh. I can send you the Thug Notes version of it, and that'll help you get through. Yeah, give give you the Cliff Notes. All you okay. need is the finish. Jeez, Louise. But yeah, let me. Yeah, I'll, I'll take. I'll take the Thug like Notes. Like I said, yeah. even Homeward Bound. Like I'm, I'm an animal lover. I, 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 I've always connected with that. Aspect of movies, and first time I watched Homeward Bound, I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be a good movie." Little, you know, animals going on an adventure, and like, there's like some dramatic scenes in it where I'm like, "Oh my god!" And like to this day, I I caught like just like the middle part of it, and I'm like, "I can't watch this." I'm so I know what I know I know what happens, but I'm like, I can't I can't watch this. Damn. It's so good though. Like they do it really so like good. it is so good. It is so good, but I'm like, I'm like, I can't. My heart can't handle this stuff. Like, I'm like, when did I become such a wuss? Like, I can watch horror movies all day and not flinch, but Jesus, if it's an animal, I'm like bawling like a baby. Like, oh my god, this is too much. Like, my anxiety goes bananas. If they made a slasher film, but it was just all claymation dogs, Devlin could not watch that. Nope, no dogs, cats. I mean, I'm an animal lover. I just couldn't do it. Like. And I think that, like, when we, yeah. when, like, when we were kids, like, that, the, there was no like filter of like what could really like traumatize a child or, or you know, this is stuff that could happen, and you know, yeah, they sure didn't try to protect our feelings as kids. No, like, never any story is <laughs> supposed to be this fun adventure, and they throw that shit in the middle of it. You're like, oh my god. You're <laughs> like, hey, fuck you, buddy. Yeah, they're like, oh, here's this, fuck. And then it doesn't even necessarily matter to the plot of the film at no, all. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It, it doesn't have who's... any. It doesn't have any bearing on the plot of the film. No. It's just me. Whoa! How nihilistic is that? Like literally, just to mess yeah, with it. Literally, people, like, it literally has something? no fucking or somebody it has no effect on the plot, other than maybe to make one of the other characters' lives a little bit harder. But it doesn't like benefit him in any way. Like it doesn't at all. Like you know how you're supposed to grow from. Like it's like have you ever seen the movie The Good Dinosaur? The Good Dinosaur is a lot like that, where they just kill a person for no reason and there's no benefits to the whole fucking. Have you ever seen The Good Dinosaur? Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's a, a Disney film, film right? It's, it's like uh, a mix. I literally, I okay. I watched. The Good Dinosaur, and I remember I literally tweeted Pixar afterwards and was like, "How fucking dare you make this movie?" Like I was so mad when they when they fucking like I'll never watch that shit again because it's so it's just 
it's just bad the whole time and it never gets good. It, it's always a sad situation, the whole movie. And then like when you think that it might get a little better, it fucking doesn't. It never gets better. <laughs> Not one fucking time, except for maybe at the end, it kind of a little bit almost gets better, but it doesn't. Hmm. Don't watch that movie with your kids. I mean, your kids will probably not understand it because they're so young enough to not yeah, I mean, quite understand. No, nah, yeah, there, there is just so many movies, but I, what I referenced earlier, Viv, is what really I connect on and have since I was a kid. And that was, but but, but those movies we've just listed with Redfern Grows, Old Yeller, those are the ones I'm like, I couldn't go back and watch them now. Like, I've seen Old, Old Yeller once. See never ending story once, and I've seen Homeward Bound, I think, twice. And I just can't like I like nope. I can't I can't watch Pet Cemetery too. Like Pet Cemetery 2, first time I watched it, I cried for an hour. Jesus Christ, bro. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Like I was like a kid too. I was like 14 or 15. I'm like, mm-mm, never again. Um have any either of you seen The Bridge to Terabithia? Uh, no. Uh, it sounds so familiar. It was like a, it's, it, if it almost kind of sweeps under the rug as to when it came out, it was like, almost like just another one of those kind of movies where there's like a fantasy world type of place that these two like middle school age kids explore. You know, so it's very much could have fallen to the wayside, and it would have if it wasn't for the plot of the film. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. I have, a, I have another rule. I, I just won't watch a movie if there's a dog in it. Like Marlene, me won't watch it. Uh, dog's purpose <laughs> won't watch it. Not no like dog's purpose. I, I read the synopsis of it. I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm watching this movie. No way. Okay, yeah, like I, over and over again with this shit? No, I'm good. My mom tried to get me to watch. Like, she literally told me that it was sad, but then was like, but you should really watch uh, Marley and Me. I'm like, fuck you. Like, no. <laughs> like, I'm sorry? No. Like, under no circumstances am I ever... You, you're setting me up for failure. Like, yeah. no. You know, like, I'm not going to sit here and subject myself to just crying for, like... I don't know about you, but I'm never in the mood to put in a film that I know is going to make me sad. Yep. Yep. That's why I said when Homer Bounds on TV, I'm like, skip right past it. Like, I'm not even sitting to watch a scene. Because like I said, my anxiety gets so high in that movie. I'm like, uh-uh, no. Nope. There's there's enough going on in my regular life that I do not need anything else to just make me sad. Like, there's not a whole lot that makes me sad in my regular life. But, like, my, I have six kids. My life is fucking stressful all the time. Like, <laughs> occasionally people will leave the peanut butter out and I'm breaking down. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't handle it. But I don't need Homeward Downs help or Homeward Bounds help in, in, in the matter. Um, I, I personally cry a lot in, you know, Christmas films. Uh, it's just kind of my thing. But it's always happy tears, so I can handle those. But uh, I can't do mm. the sadness. I fucking cry at this. I cry at some really dumb shit sometimes. Like, 
<clears throat> like Skyland, Skyland knows in scenes where I'm about to cry because like every time there's like an emotional positive situation that happens in a film, I'm probably crying at that moment. So if that ever happens in this in any of the movies we watch where there's just like a a positive thing that happens for one of the characters and it's heartwarming, know that I cried. No, I, 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 I understand. It's, it, but it's like, it's like the, the, the weirdest thing, like horror movies, like Pet Cemetery Two. I'm watching it and I'm like, holy crap! And I'm like, I'm just bawling my eyes. And my mom's like, "What is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, this movie is so I can't watch anymore." It was bad. It was bad. Like it's, uh, yeah. Pet Cemetery is a horror movie, right? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, here, yeah, I'll ruin okay. it. I'll ruin it for you. So basically, the it's got Edward Furlong in it, and I can't remember the actor's name. But he he's been a, a few movies. Anyways, he's a stepfather, and they don't get along. So one night, the the stepfather he was like the sheriff or something like that, or like a deputy, and he ends up like the the kid has a dog, and the dog like I don't know if he's he's protecting the kid. And the the dad goes and shoots the dog, and then the kid takes the pet cemetery, and the dog basically comes back, but he's, he turns bad now. Cujo's but that dad. scene where he, yeah, where the but where he shot the dog, the kid, there's a there's like a wide up above shot of like the kid laying next to his dog, like, and I'm oh. like, oh, I can't do, like, I'm like, mm-hmm. right now, I'm like, I'm getting half emotional about it because I'm like. It just because I had a dog that looked almost exactly like that. It was like a white Alaskan Malmute, and I had him when I was a kid. And like they just brought back a whole flood of emotions. And I'm like, I, I can't do this. Curious, how do you feel about Cujo? I'm not a fan of that one either. Um, but uh, you you start you don't feel bad for, you don't feel bad for the dog after a while because he gets bit by. Uh, raccoon and gets uh, rabies and turns and just it, you feel sad for the dog in the beginning, but then towards the middle of the movie you're like, nah, this dog, he's terrorizing people, and he needs to, you know, he needs to be put down. But just an innocent you know, dog protecting his his owner that he loves that, oh, like I'm all I'm all sweaty talking about it right now. I'm not even joking. Like I'm breaking out of sweat. Like I and like I said, I I saw it on TV a couple years ago, and I saw I knew the scene was coming up, and I just nope, <laughs> like I'm, I'm out. I'm like I can't do really? it. Like, oh, I haven't seen it since, and I won't. And I'm like I won't watch it ever again. Yeah, there's just like I said, there's certain we we've talked about our rules. There's just certain things that I will not watch ever again, and I just because it, I'm already I'm already emotional state. Mentally, and I'm like, uh, I don't even know that shit. Like, <laughs> don't need yeah, that. <clears throat> nope, I get that. <laughs> like, there's no, like, there's not a way in hell that uh, anyone could ever convince me that I need to watch Sophie's Choice. That shit's never gonna happen. I'm gonna fuck who you think you are. It's never gonna happen. There's just certain things that I don't like. Like I know I'm, yeah, I know you guys want me to eventually probably watch like Schindler's List and shit like that, but like, I don't know, I don't know if I can handle it. That, Sometimes that's an emo, that's an emotional roller coaster too. <laughs> Next week, 
It is. Uh, yeah, it is. By the way, it's uh, next week. It's got a. It's got a. It's got a. I don't. It's got a a heartwarming story, I guess. If 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 there's a if there's a silver lining to it, I I mean yeah. it's hard to hard to hard to hard to throw that out there. It's it's one of those ones that I think everybody should see. And I remember it it, it drew an emotion out of me for the reasons of what well, I think I talked about about my grandfather. You know, he was in the war and not understanding as a kid what they were really fighting for and then seeing that kind of brought to life and that brought an emotion out of me because I now understood. Yeah. That's uh, definitely a movie I can It's, it's going to be a while if I can get back to it. It's, oh man, it's probably been close to two decades, but it just left. The, Viv, it, what's, and it, what's worse? What's, what's worse? Schindler's List kind of or the Boy in the Striped Pajamas? I've seen. I've seen the Boy in the Striped Pajamas. It's awful. Is it? Um, okay. Wow. It's the worst. Uh, yeah. That's a bad one too. It, uh, but okay. see, and like, um, I, I can't. I don't know why. I, I don't know why it is, but like, I can handle World War II, World War Two documentaries and things describing the horrors of what happened way better than I can handle a movie about it. Well, yeah, because it's more of a, it's more of a visual aid. I just can't do it. Like, yeah. just they fuck me up. I yeah. No, I, I get it. I completely understand. I. I, um, you know what, I, I do, I do want to speak to that for just a second. Why there's a difference there? Um, with Schindler's List, originally it was going to be, well, not or, originally Spielberg was going to do it, and then uh, at some point Scorsese was attached to do it. And before we went on the air for a segment, to me and Devon were talking about some of Scorsese's films, and that was a, a comment that I was going to make, is that. One of the reasons I think Scorsese is so good with the gangster genre is that he really did grow up in those areas. And so when you see how he films those scenes, how he uses those characters, there's a sense of authenticity that he brings to that world that he's creating, whether it's uh, mean Streets, Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, you know, any of these movies, you can see that he's trying to pull from the truth that he knows. And I think, especially in the case of Schindler's List, I'm so thankful that it was Spielberg who finally ended up making it. I think his whole career, and we can all agree, even if Schindler's List was not part of his filmography, he would still be considered one of the greatest directors. But I think the thing that makes him be one of the greatest directors is that all of that was building up to this movie that I think is almost more important than any of the other movies that he's done in the sense that it's, it's, it's what Jason says, you know, documentaries can take you to a certain level, uh, pictures, uh, uh, books about it can take you to a certain level, but there's something about when a, a filmmaker can immerse you in that time and place 
it, it changes you. You really can't then unthink it. You can't unlearn that, that fact that's almost like a real experience. You're like, you can't then deny those things anymore. And I think it's so important, especially when I never thought Holocaust denial could be an actual possibility. But that, even that thought has been now shaken with what's been happening in the past few years because everything is up for chance. So I think movies like that are super important. And I'm so happy that that movie exists. You know, It's not an easy one to watch, but I think it's definitely one that we need as a culture. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I think, I think you're right. I mean, like... You know, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas is another one of those movies that, you know, it's necessary to see it from that kind of, from the perspectives of the of that type of a thing. But uh, it sure mm-hmm. as fuck doesn't make it easier to watch. Not that it really should, necessarily. No. I mean, I think sometimes in order for us to understand um, how awful certain things are you know you almost have to see it for yourself and films give us that opportunity to witness things way differently than you know just hearing about it so yeah i think joker did that for us in a sense uh for in a different subject matter but yeah it's 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 the it's the beauty of film we you know we talk, we have a podcast about movies and we have uh, a good time talking about them and there's sometimes when we have to be serious in in certain situations about film and we did that with Joker, um, but there are some things when they're put onto film they're beautiful in a sense that they they bring out an emotion in you whether it's laughter or it's sadness or it's thrilling or it's you know it scares you. That's the thing that really is beautiful about movies, you know, because you can get lost in the story and then find yourself all of a sudden just crying and you're like, what the hell? (laughs) Why, why is this doing this to me? And then, you know, there, everybody has different things that they get emotional about in movies. Um, I've, I've been to movies with people who are like, the littlest thing they're crying about. I'm like, what is, what, well, that made you cry? Like, but then like 20 minutes later, nice. I'm like, oh, <laughs> and like, I'm like, they're, and they're not crying. I'm like, that, yeah. how do you not cry at that? So, you cried at that thing, just, but you're not crying at this thing. Right. It's like, uh, what, you know, did anybody ever go see Titanic in the, in the, in the, in the theater? Okay. So, you know, yes. Like, people were, when people were crying, right? Well, mm-hmm. well, they, oh, all, all the girls, all the girls were crying when. when How do you Jack know? I was died. crying. Okay, but we all I was, Okay, stop I it. was crying when the mom was reading the the story of the Mystic Knights of Tirano, uh to the kids in the lower bay. Yeah, while the water was underneath the bed. Oh, that's when I was crying. Yeah, I'm like, the, yeah, that that broke my they heart. They don't know. I was I also crying playing. when they were playing the the violins. They decided yeah, not to. Yeah. There's yeah, different. Still there's playing. different things people get emotional about. See, and I cried the whole. 
Like the whole sinking, <laughs> the whole sinking scene. Like, I was just I know sad. what's coming. Like the whole time, I'm like, oh, the stuff is yeah. fucked up, and yeah. then I'm just sad. And the whole lower, the whole lower deck scene, like everything that takes place on the lower deck of the ship. God damn. Yeah. Like that shit fucks you up. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, <clears throat> I was trying to be macho and not bring up Titanic, but I mean, I mean, Titanic's a great movie. Uh, we're not, we're the, not saying that it's not, but but in that movie, it made people cry at different sections. Yeah. No, I. Uh, one of the first movies that popped up in my head. It still is one of those movies that has that effect. There are movies that I saw as a kid that does not have the same effect on me. But Titanic still does it, so it clearly has some magic. All dogs go to heaven will also fuck you up if you Fox and the Hound will too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Yeah, there's just a... They didn't make all dogs. What's with Disney? um, Fox and Hound. No, I mean, uh, yeah, Fox and Hound and Cry for a completely different reason. Mm Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's a. It's okay. Yeah, Disney. All right, Disney. I see you. Disney knows. I still think. I still think Pixar. Pixar has achieved a level of gut punchery that Disney has never achieved by themselves. With a certain movie that I hope to put on the wheel at some point in time, uh, but it, Disney Disney was Disney was the king for a while. I think I think Pixar wears that crown nowadays, but but Disney was king. I mean, I'll, I'll I will I will argue and say yeah, early no. Disney like live action stuff where they were super dark. That that's some rough stuff. Maybe Pixar now, in 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 latter years, really has the crown. But some of Disney's early stuff was. Whew. Oh, that's I mean, I, like I said, yeah, they they used to they they had the crown for a hot minute. But Pixar, Pixar well, they put out some films, man, and there's a couple of them that they hit you hard. No, no doubt about it. I'm, I'm, I might be referencing the same ones, but then again, uh, just pretty much every every other movie in their catalog has. Oh, I mean, even their newest one, the new one that they just put out, uh, what's it called Upward? Mm. That one that was called? Mm. Onward, that's what it was. Onward. Onward? That movie's. Okay, oh, I've really? heard you things, Park, but I've not you? watched it yet. I've heard it's, it's pretty... On, oh, it's a fucking... It's a I phenomenal do, do. film, and the cast is amazing. Okay. All right. Chris Pratt and Tom well, thank you. I'm gonna, that's... Okay, all right. You're not joking about a quality cast. That's real good. Well, gentlemen... Uh, I think we've talked about movies that make us emotional and our favorite, sure not so favorite death the question scenes there. and uh, revealed a lot about ourselves, Vivid. Um, but um, <laughs> I think that uh, it's time to wrap this up and uh, send our, our fans home. 
so I'll, I'll go ahead and give my sign off here. Um, as always, folks, we appreciate you for listening and supporting Know Your Cinema podcast. Uh, I love you guys. I love my co-hosts. And I just want to say, because I'm getting ready to go on vacation and have a few days out west and try to enjoy my time out there. But rise of right now, all is good in the world today. Mm. Uh, real quick, I, uh, are we revealing what we're watching next week? I was going to leave that up to you, Jason, since you usually take us out. Okay, that's fine. Viv, go ahead. I just wanted to make sure I didn't want to like fuck that up. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I truly mean this from the bottom of my heart. I, uh, I really do believe that season three is going to be better than season two of Know Your Cinema. <laughs> Jason. We're really just waiting through the rest of this fucking year. Like, it's going to be all right. This yeah, yeah. Most... Viv's on auto, autopilot for the rest of the season. <laughs> I think he's afraid if he gets a haircut, his powers will go away. That's right. I'm, uh, yeah, it's it's absent. Oh, right Jesus Christ. I love you too, buddy. Who I wants a mustache guys. ride? I want one. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, as this is a Halloween horror fan- fantastical spooky scare month, uh, we did a, a little a little fan poll where, where people got to suggest movies and for us to watch as our final film for the month. And <clears throat> there were a lot of fantastic films suggested in there, um, two of which were put into the poll, and then a third random movie was put into the poll. Um, Sorry, I tried to contain it. So, we, of the movies that were suggested, we then each individually chose a film, and then we ran a second poll where you would vote on those three movies. Uh, the three movies that were chosen, uh, the two that I claim are good ones, we've got Trick or Treat was, was picked by Devlin. Uh, for our, our fan pick poll. And then we also had 13 Ghosts was chosen by me. And then <clears throat> Vivin chose to ignore all of the good suggestions and went with the dissent. <clears throat> and I feel like it's very evident in the fan voting. Um, the dissent got one vote, which I believe was, was Vivin's vote. I I I truly believe uh, the descent is the Joe Jorgensen of the of the of the election of our election. You just make me want to die. That's a shot. That's a shot. It's a big shot. It's a big shot. I'm talking to my Sorry. man all along. Go on. You do it again. I'll stab you in the face with a stabbing iron. 
Sorry, Alex. That was that was shit. We apologize. I'll stop. That was a double. That was a double reference there. Okay, I referenced Christopher Walken. Uh, Alec was the person that suggested the descent in the first place. There's a lot going on yeah, with no, the I context of what no, I no, said. I got you. I got you. Okay, you you, but you also were were shitting on. It that. was multi layered for suggesting it. that, and then you were shitting. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even sorry, Alec. I'm sorry that you don't have better taste in horror films. That's that's what I'm. Doing. Yeah, and I'm you sorry. were on Stranger Ooh. Things, Alec. What the hell, Alex? <clears throat> I'll let you right. take that. I'm sorry that that's where you. I'm sorry that of all the horror films, you were like, "Ooh, The Descent." Um, Alex, we will give you an opportunity. You can come. You can come back and review and, uh, Thirteen uh, Ghosts for all I do. Defend fuck. yourself. Um, <laughs> and I'll talk shit to him then. But anyway, uh, the movie that we're reviewing next week, as I just gave away, was is Thirteen Ghosts because it's the one that came out on top. Um, to be clear, it is the remake of the original Thirteen Ghosts from nineteen sixty. It is the um, what is it? What year was it? Two thousand two. Uh, it's, a it's a phenomenal movie, and I'm so excited about it. And it contains. When we drop this episode, it will actually come out almost 19 years to the day that it was released. Very nice. Um, oh. It contains one of my favorite actors. Uh, that is a it's a low key actor, but I absolutely love him. He's in the movie. You're talking about F, F. Murray Abraham? No, Matthew Lillard. Oh, I love Matthew Lillard. <laughs> yeah, uh, the guy Matthew Lillard is the guy from Scream. Okay. He is a guy from Scream, but he also has voiced the. He's been the I, voice I, of Shaggy I, for I, like I know. fifteen years. I know. So. I'm just. Boston Viv's chops. I was gonna say SCLU Punk, but I don't know if he got that reference. <laughs> probably not. Um, probably not. So that's what we're doing next week. We're gonna talk about Thirteen Ghosts. I'm very excited for this. Um, Viv, this is definitely one of those movies that you want to put the kids away for. Um, you don't want to watch this one with the kids. Oh, okay. Uh, Beth? a little bit. It's, it's a little bit gory. Is it gory? But it's not like More it's not like saw gory. gory. It's just okay. And there's like a fair amount of nudity in this movie. Yeah. So. Okay. But it's awesome. Uh, very excited. So. Um. Without any further ado, I'll leave you guys there, and I look forward to talking with everybody next Tuesday. We will be right back here, same bat time, same bat channel, to discuss 13 Ghosts. You know, it's a, you know, a little side note, you know, just a little random fact of trivia. Matthew Lillard's in this movie, and uh, he is the voice of Shaggy, and in the 1980s, there was a series called Scooby-Doo and the, or the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. So just that. Uh...
Way to tie it all together, no, buddy. I, I, I see the yeah. Okay. Uh, I watched a lot of Scooby-Doo recently. <clears throat> so, uh, without any further ado, we will see you next week. And remember, never take life too seriously. We'll never make it out alive.